0: Welcome back to the Thrillers by the Book Club podcast. We are so excited to have you here today, especially because we have a special guest.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. We have Megan Tusing with us today. Megan is an audiobook narrator, so we get into all kinds of things about how she got started in her career, um, what she likes to read in her free time, the whole thing, some really good stuff. So very excited about having Megan with us today.
0: And her voice, guys, you're not ready. It's so, so good. But first.
1: Let's talk about what happened this last week.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All So, hey, guys. If it's something you have seen on Instagram. So what had happened was I was walking in a parking lot on completely, completely flat ground, um, going to a meeting at work. And my foot, you know, Southern California is pretty hot. So my foot was kind of sweaty um, and obviously I'm walking in like these plastic bottomed wedges and my foot slipped out of my shoe on my own foot sweat. Um, <laughs> and as, as it happens, um, I fell out of my shoe. I broke my foot. Oh my god. I like at first I was like okay this is super embarrassing so I'm just gonna hop up really quick and pretend nothing happened and jump into my car which I did I was like oh I'm totally fine guys and I went into my car and I was like my foot is 100% broken like there's no way my foot's not broken so I went to urgent care they did x-ray they're like yep it's broken and then since I was at work they were like that's workers comp you have to go see a different person so I went to see the different person they said yep that's broken I was like okay oh my gosh so broken foot um, I have a appointment next week with the orthopedic surgeon, fingers crossed that I don't need surgery, but I did two days on crutches. And then I was like this, the crutches life isn't for me, you know, like no, it's not mean. for everyone. I don't have the armpits for it. So I got a knee scooter and that okay. is for teacher. Yeah.
1: Okay. So now you yeah. are one of those people that are scooting around on your, very on your cool. one knee. Very I'm cool.
0: Very, yeah. I give off a vibe of just coolness, so it's going it's going great. <laughs> That's
1: fantastic. I did see um, you had a wheelchair, though. Is that something you were
0: considering so using? I actually – I mean, if I had one, I just bribed that out of a guy. Oh, um, nice. Because, so we, went to, we went to go see Pageant of the Masters, which is in um, – it's like this real – okay, So if anyone watches Gilmore Girls, I don't know if you do, but there's a part where they're in this, it's kind of like a play where actors reenact famous works of art and like stand there on the stage and they just look like it's a painting. It's really cool. Okay. Um, Okay. Anyway, we go every single year to there's one around here near the beach. And so we had tickets, me and my family. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to not go. So I went in my crutches. And then as soon as I got there, the first guy I saw, I was like, I'm very crippled. Do you have any wheelchairs? And then he brought me a wheelchair, which was so nice. And then we also got to sit in wheelchair seating, which was super close. And I was like, I should have broke my foot. Last year, at honestly. least, like,
1: I mean, find some make lemonade out of some lemons if you can. So,
0: right now, I'm kind of into it. If I don't have to get surgery, this won't even be too bad. If I have to get surgery, yeah, I mean, then lame, it's and,
1: then if you have to do like um rehab and all of that, hopefully, that's not the case. But I know, oh. especially
0: because my trap, my job for travel season is starting up in like. exactly six weeks and this is supposed to be a six to eight week recovery Mm -hmm. so I'm going to tell them as soon as I go in like whatever it takes in six weeks I need to be on a plane to Tennessee so
1: (laughs) make it happen
0: yeah (laughs) so it's been an adventure um yeah but could be worse probably well are you Olivia
1: um great well you know I had a similar situation similar but different with Uh a broken foot this weekend as well um (laughs) So I, I went down to Tucson to visit my mom for her 60th birthday. Um, my brother and I, like we took her, she lives at Memory Care. We took her from Memory Care, went to this like beautiful, the JW Marriott Star Pass Resort that's down there. It's gorgeous, oh. like tons of pools. Uh, we, I got her a massage. We rented a cabana. It was like amazing day. We ran around this lazy river. It was super fun. Um, so my mom like walks really, really slowly. So I usually hold her hand anywhere that she's going just also to make sure she kind of doesn't wander off. I So I'm walking her everywhere, making sure she's like having a good time. She's super happy. She's like enjoying it, loves being in the water. We get in the Lazy River and she's just like zooming around the Lazy River. And it's not lazy at all. She's like zooming <laughs> around. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure because like she actually feels like she can move because when she walks, she's very yeah. unsteady. So anyway, uh, we have a really great time. And then the storms start coming in. It's monsoon season in Arizona. Totally uh, like expected. So uh, the attendant comes around and tells me, okay, we've got 10 minutes before we're going to start closing it down and getting people out of here. No problem. No problem. So I had, like, left my mom with my brother for a few minutes just to, like, have a second to breathe by myself because it was kind of – it had been pretty intensive over the weekend. And then she – so they had, like, this uh, – like, the side of the pool, but then they had this big stair where you could sit on. Like, you can be in the water. You sit on it and put your feet in the water. And so she, I left her there, and she was walking on that. So I figured she was just going to sit down and get in the pool. But then apparently she decided, no, she wanted to like go around. So anyway, she goes over to the steps. My brother and his girlfriend are there. They're like, come on, come on in. And she just straight up swan dives, like just like, (gasps) oh, I'm going in. So she swan dives into the pool and then comes up and is like holding onto her foot. But they were like, what the heck? Are you like, okay? And it was funny because totally unexpected from her, right, to to do this. And – she also has aphasia so she can't speak very well she can't communicate so we just we saw she was holding her foot didn't really know what was going on and then come to find out after a whole bunch of other things she broke her foot in three places oh. like she slammed her foot hit, foot so hard on the steps she broke it in three places so I'm talk so about
0: sorry.
1: I it is like well it's amazing because I kept feeling her foot and I was like mom like it, I'm looking for facial cues, anything like that. Like maybe she's wincing. Nothing. She just kind of is pointing at it, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do about that. Okay, well, let's just see what happens. So then it gets all really bruised up, it starts to swell, and we're like, all right, well, probably got to go to the ER. So when you were saying about like the the crutches or the knee thing, yep. both of those are not options for her. So we did get her to an orthopedic uh doctor, and she they confirmed you know all it was where it was broken, and she's in a boot now, which oh, good is good, so she can walk around, which is excellent because the first few days she was just staying in her apartment in in the center, which is like very isolating for somebody with that illness anyway yeah. Yeah. so it was it's good she can get around except yesterday I called her and uh her companion was there and was like. Yeah, she really doesn't like the boot. It's too heavy. And I was like, well, your options are a cast or a wheelchair. What do you want, Mom? And she was like, well, okay. Boot. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I yeah. hope I get the option between a boot or a cast, but I think it's going to be a cast, which oh. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. Well, because
1: yours is like on the pinky, right? Like it's up to the it's side. It's like on the
0: outside okay. of my yeah. foot. So it's a Jones fracture. I don't know if anyone knows what that is. I didn't, but apparently it's like the one that is more questionable. So I was like, of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Hers are like in the middle of her foot. And at one point the ER thought that she had broke her ankle as well. And then the orthopedic said no. And I'm still not a hundred percent that I believe that to be true. I don't think that they look like took the right x-rays, but- Whatever. She's fine. She's like on her happy Tylenol meds. Are you taking any meds just like Tylenol or Advil?
0: Yeah, just Tylenol. They didn't give me anything because yeah. they asked if it hurt. And I was like, I mean, yeah, but not that bad. Like mm-hmm. it hurts, but I'm fine. And so they're like, okay, great. Then you're fine. I was like, okay.
1: Yeah. Cool. I mean, that was basically no, the same with my mom too. Cause like I was saying she wasn't wincing or anything. She was just like, you yeah. can say, mom, does it hurt? And she, nope. Nope. And I'm like, um, you can't put any weight on it. I'm pretty sure it hurts.
0: That's very relatable though, because I can't put weight on mine either, but it doesn't hurt. Like it hurts when you put pressure on it, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. hurt. It's yeah. weird.
1: Well, that is just really interesting. I think it's – Um. hopefully this does not become a trend. But right. <laughs> how right. – so funny that in a, just a couple of days span – I mean, I texted you and I was like, I'm not going to be able to do the whatever it was I needed to do. So I was like, i got to do yeah. like this. And then later that day, you were like, you're never going to believe what just happened.
0: Yeah. I was like mentioning broken bones. <laughs> By the way. Pass it <laughs> on.
1: It's just been – it's been a time. It's been a time.
0: But it's okay. We're here. We're ready. This is going to yeah. be great. Um, No, no true crime news this week, which I'm kind of happy about. I, I yeah. kind of looked around yeah. and I was like, honestly, this week is just residual from all other weeks. So
1: that listen. is great news. I think that's really good news. Well, I have a couple of shout outs for Pub Day, uh, which is today, September 13th. The first one is Oath of Loyalty by Vince Flynn, which is book 21 in the Mitch Rapp series. Uh, it's a thriller, suspense, political thriller. Not usually my go-to, but obviously, like, very, very popular, book 21. Oh We've got a true crime book that I'm actually excited about called Prisoners of the Castle by Ben McIntyre. This is a true crime about an epic story of survival and escape from Kolditz, the Nazi fortress prison. So Whoa. That, yeah, I was like, oh, I didn't even know that they had, like, a Nazi fortress. I have so many questions. I want to learn about that. It's,
0: you said it's true crime? Yeah, true crime. hmm Wow. Yeah. So cool. it'll be
1: interesting to see what that one is. And then I have three that I've got a little bit more of a um, synopsis for. So the first one is All That's Left Unsaid by Tracy Lean. It is a mystery thriller suspense, domestic coming of age, literary thriller. Basically, I just threw every genre in there. Um, <laughs> I would say like that based on what I'm reading, it Sounds like it could be like a Reese Witherspoon pick where it's like a little bit more of a upmarket kind of thriller. It's an unflinching debut following a young v- Vietnamese Australian woman who returns home to her family in the wake of her brother's shocking murder, determined to discover what happened. A dramatic exploration of the intricate bonds and obligations of friendship, family, and community. So maybe a little bit on the lit- on the literary side for those of you who like that. We've got two more. of. Uh, Both are psychological thrillers. The first is The Best Friend by Jessica Fellows. Uh, Follows an intense, toxic friendship, Bella and Kate, Kate and Bella. From childhood, they were bosom friends, Bella sensible and cautious, Kate gregarious and just a little dangerous. Yet in spite of their intimacy, their trust is fragile. Men came into their lives and things changed. A black seed was set in the heart of their relationship. Over decades, acts of both cruelty and love ferment until one shocking event tests them more than ever. Neither will escape unscathed. I'm oh like, okay. That's that like an intense uh, relationship. And the last one is The Guest House by Robin Morgan Bentley. Uh, This one is, with a few weeks to go until their first baby is due, Jamie and Victoria head off for a weekend break in a small countryside guest house. The next morning, Jamie and Victoria awake to find the guest house has been emptied. Both their mobile phones and their car keys have disappeared. The owners are nowhere to be seen, and all the doors are locked. Even though it's a few weeks early, Victoria knows the uh, the contractions are starting and there's no way out. I just got
0: that book and I'm so excited to read it.
1: Okay. Yeah. I cannot wait. It, it, it sounds really good. I love it. Like, okay, it's like this happy couple. And then like mm-hmm. one obstacle after another. And then like, what are you going to do? And the pressure's on because the baby's coming. Oh. That's going to be Right. Like, that like good. that's, like, another
0: aspect. Because usually it's, like, okay, you know, there's a couple. and They're, like, somewhere. They're the group of friends. Like, mm-hmm. you, you never expect someone to be, like, really timed because they're pregnant. Because and they're, they're pregnant. They're on a baby, baby.
1: moon. Yeah. So – Congratulations to those authors on your publications today. I uh, hope if you haven't already picked up one of these, I hope that you found one that sounds really good to you and that you'll pick it up as well. All right. So I want to introduce you guys all to Megan Tusing. Uh Megan is a narrator that has worked in both in romance and in thrillers, more recently in the thriller genre. Um, I met her earlier this year at Thriller Fest in New York, uh, as I like, have met so many amazing people. One of my favorite people that I met at that event, super like kind and very, very talented. Um, some of the books that she has narrated include Shudder um, by Heather Chavez. Uh, the Night She Went Missing by Kristen Bird, and I know at least a couple James Patterson books, I believe, so um, among, I'm sure, many, many other. So welcome, Megan. Oh, sorry, Shutter by Melissa Larson. You did do a Heather Chavez book, though, right? I did. I I no Bad
2: Deed. <laughs> no uh, Bad Heather Deed, Chavez. that one. I saw that on your Instagram. I yeah. love that or, no, No, I saw her second book, um, Blood... Blood Will Tell. Yes. No, I'm sorry, Heather, if you're listening, I'm forgetting the title at the moment. But her second book, who is narrated by two of my favorite friends, uh, Andy uh-huh. Arndt and Sophie Amos.
0: Okay. I mean, guys, just listen to her. Come on. Her mean, voice. Come so on. Good. Oh, please. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're here for flattery, too. so oh, yes. Yeah. Please. Lay it on.
2: I will say on behalf of all voiceover artists that having a nice sounding voice is just the first step. Uh, Ooh, yeah, you have I to. Mean, you got to know how to work the microphone. Be a business owner, so it's not. It's not just the smooth voice.
0: Well, tell us more about yeah. that. So, what all goes into becoming a narrator? About like, tell us about your career trajectory. How you got to where you are today? Have you always wanted to do this? Just everything about what you do.
2: Okay, and we have. How long? Just kidding. I know. I I can sum it up quickly. Um, So I got into audiobooks in a roundabout way. I've been an actor. I went to school for theater. I have a BA in theater from James Madison University. And I've been an actor in New York City for I'm going on 16 years. Wow. Um, That's amazing. And I found audiobooks because uh, Heather's other narrator Andy Arndt, who is a fantastic human being, but also an Audi Hall of Fame narrator, uh, was kind enough to bring me under her wing and said, "You know, I think this would be a really good fit for you. You should try this uh, this arm of the acting world out." And I, I'm very grateful that she was persistent in in helping me. Uh, and getting me into this world. And, you know, I had the thing with being an audiobook narrator is unlike other types of voiceover, though, I I don't, um, venturing into other realms of voiceover, but I, from my understanding is you have a little more flexibility as to your location oh. where mm. you can mm-hmm. do things. Like oh. some of my friends are like, oh, I just record my audition off my iPhone. That's not the option wow. for an audiobook narrator. You have to have a Designated quiet space. Some people can create it in their closet. I have a I am sitting in a what's called a whisper room, which is a seven foot tall, six foot wide, four foot deep, like uh <laughs> padded room where I talk to myself all day. Okay. Um,
0: and is this in your home?
2: Yes, it's in one of our bedrooms. I love you know, it. Okay. So a, you like built apartment. it a studio into your how, like it's you like can move Legos. It with you. Yeah, it like okay, clicks okay. together. It's the size of a queen bed, basically. Okay. So it fits in one of our bedrooms. Um, wow. Yeah. So I, when I first started out, I didn't have any of this. And I, I had to figure out what I was going to do. And a lot of narrators, what they do is start small. You get like a USB mic, probably similar to what you all record your podcast. Yeah, on. right. Mm-hmm. And then you just, you know, find a place in your house that you can stuffed with blankets and this is why a closet's great because it's already stuffed with clothes so it dampens the sound but i thought i was going to have to do that and then i went to one of these networking events and i met this wonderful generous kind engineer and narrator his name's tom perkins and he knew a client who was trying to get out of the business and wanted to sell uh, her whole setup including her booth microphone computer oh, everything wow. and i didn't even have a book under my belt yet. And I said, I'll take it. Oh wow, because you were committed. Thought, You're like, yep, just I'm doing it. <laughs> there's there's kind of a leap of faith I had to take because yeah. I, I just knew in my gut this was a rare opportunity and I was right to get mm-hmm. all of this uh, amazing equipment. It's very high quality equipment and for the price that I got it at and just being able to kind of get a startup kit and go. And then from there, I had just networked with some people. I, you go to conferences. I went to um, – there's a organization called the Audiobook Publishers Association, and they have an annual conference. And I went – the first one I went to was held in Chicago. And I just threw myself at anyone who would talk to me. <laughs> you guys, just... so
1: Megan is the best networker I've ever, ever seen. So we were like uh, – I had like, a master class that was taught by um, – an author and I was like kind of I was going to introduce her to him but he was talking and I was like I'm just gonna stand out to the side and she was like nope coming through and just it. like hi I'm Megan sorry to interrupt you but like <laughs> it was amazing so I was like you know what like that's what the kind of energy that you need in this industry and I was like way to go that's amazing it's impressive
2: that took time to build the build those uh kahunas yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Um, so, uh, so what are, what are some of your, um, favorite books that you've recorded or do you want to tell us more about some of the books that you've done? Do they
2: need to be mystery thrillers? No. Nope. You can tell us anything. Ooh, it's so, it's like pick your favorite child.
0: Um, (laughs) And everyone has one secretly. uh, Oh man.
2: Like my favorite book ever. That's so hard. Um, I will say one that I enjoyed, so much uh and got recognition this past uh, award season Mm -hmm. is called the seven day switch by kelly harms um and i co-narrated it with ariel delisle it's a adorable like um literary fiction about two moms who basically go through a freaky friday body swap but they (laughs) they drink way too much sangria bump heads and then wake up in each other's bodies the next day (laughs) but it's 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 not just funny and, um, you know, there's some really deep, beautiful, rich moments that are really reflective of, I think, what... I'm not a mother myself, but I think that's probably why it resonated even better is, like, I'm not a mom and yet I still felt these women's feelings and understood the struggle. It was so relatable. I just got their struggle and how we always look at everybody else and think they have it easier or wonder how how do they do that and I wish I had this and then when you get in that person's shoes you realize they have struggles too Mm -hmm. and it just it was a laugh a cry um a feel-good book all around and I just I loved narrating it wow
0: that's really cool
1: when you have books that like that they do like make you laugh and cry like does that come out uh in the recording or do you kind of like okay I gotta stop and redo Um, that because I'm crying too
2: hard right now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a little bit of both. It's a delicate balance. Um, it happened to me today. You, I, you get, I get then those are the most beautiful moments is when I can feel my emotions getting caught up. Um, I think singers have to do this too. I'm not a singer, so I can't speak to it, but I remember hearing this somewhere that like if you allow the tears to happen, it clogs your sinuses. Yeah. So your voice is gonna sound different and it takes the listener out. So also you start making it about you instead of the story. The, yeah, that's and so that makes sense. I will keep the emotion to the point where it I know it is going to make, like, I'll tell a side story in a minute, but there's a, there's a moment when you're like, I know this is good. I know this is enhancing the book. This is helping the listener. And then there's a point when you're like, and now I sound like a Muppet because my face <laughs> is stuffed and I'm like <laughs> weeping. And that's the point when you have to stop hitting record step out of the booth get an ice pack on your face calm down and then get back in the booth i haven't had any like heaving sobs yet but i do have a couple people i know who have gone through that oh my and god and you just it means it's a good book and you just got to take yeah. a moment I, I had that happen another book i narrated recently that i loved was called the brighter the light the brighter the light by mary ellen taylor and I don't want to give too much away. It's another literary fiction, but there's a story around a grandmother and I lost my grandmother last October, two Octobers ago now, I think mm-hmm. still feels really fresh. And it's just right. I think that ooh, that was sometimes it just hits you. Right.
1: Well, and I think I mean that's the beauty of books, right? Is that you can live and you can heal your own stuff through other people's stories, which I think is pretty amazing. Thrillers, we have a little bit less of, of that kind of thing. I mean you I get like, maybe depending your long. coworker. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, there is some like there's some fun in that, but um, I do think that's one of the one of the beautiful things about books is that it can really yeah. take you um it can take you to different places.
0: Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Okay. So, okay. One more question, at least. So who would you say are your, some of your favorite authors or books? i um, like, what do you enjoy reading for fun? Or do you even have time to read for fun? That's
2: a great question. I very rarely get time to read for fun. I usually get like 10 minutes before bed, if that, if I have the energy.
0: <laughs> um,
2: and I think I actually just started reading for pleasure again like a month ago. Oh wow! So I, because I just I, I you, after you read all day, you just kind of want to do something different. So normally yeah. I watch TV and I yeah, read like a totally. magazine because that's fluffy and light before bed. Um, <laughs> yeah. but for me, what I when I read books for pleasure, they're usually brainy books. Okay. <laughs> so, um, they're I like I like the Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg mm-hmm. was. Um, yeah. I know there's some debate right now about that, but. I enjoy, I'd enjoy books where I learn something, so a nonfiction is fun, or memoirs, um, mm-hmm. but also I do like a good rom-com, like, yeah. yeah, those are fun, I just read <laughs> uh, Book Lovers by Emily Henry, that was
0: oh, yes. so good, so good,
1: <laughs> I have that That's one on awesome. my shelf, and I just haven't gotten to them yet, because there's been too many thrillers lately, but yeah, I mean, sometimes I feel like those especially are such a good palette cleanser, something that's like a little different from some of the heavier, darker stuff that like for, you know, Chelsea and I, we definitely spent a lot of time reading in that genre. Um, so I love to
2: do a good rom-com
1: as a as a break as well.
0: Oh, yeah, me too.
2: Totally. You, love you it. You know, a nice combo between the two is a cozy mystery. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I only discovered those recently when I got cast mm-hmm. in one. Yeah. Um, Olivia Black is an author who wrote, um, there's a series, there's only two books right now, but the Brooklyn Mystery Series and the first book is called Killer Content. And it's such a cute book, but it's got like mystery. Um, I mean, yeah, those can be really good in between as
1: well, too. I guess it just kind of depends. Like if the, for me, for the cozy, is it a Hallmark cozy or is it like a little bit you know, slightly steamy. darker cozy? Or or is it a steamy cozy? Like where, like which?
0: Wait, you know. there's such thing as steamy cozies?
2: Um, I think the... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you want to go there, we can go there. There's lots of...
0: There, anything you
2: want, I think, exists.
0: <laughs> wow. I don't know anything... I don't read cozy mysteries at all, so that's good to know. So there's literally something for everybody.
1: Yeah. I, so. I mean, I don't think... They don't usually go, like, too much into like steam right Cozy was well, like mysteries cozy.
2: don't but if you want yeah. to talk romance that-
1: oh yeah no romance. No, 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 no. but i think <laughs> that there are like like i was saying like in uh some of the cozy sometimes they're a little bit more hallmarky but yes. it, it's all like all that uh the tension i think you can still have tension and still feel very like steamy without it being explicit um,
0: oh yeah that's fair
1: yeah so uh, to tell, us, tell us about the process, because I think this was something I found really fascinating when I talked to you about this before. So when you are signed up or you're booking a, a book or a gig, am I saying it right? I don't know. What's yeah, the right when word? when you book a job. When you book a job, uh, are you... Like, when do you get the book? Like, how far in advance do you get it from publication? Because, you know, audiobook usually comes out around, like, when the book gets published, uh, depending on the book, of course. And then do you, like, read it first? Or do you, like, kind of what's your process?
2: Well, you know what's funny? I learned a lot from you and the other folks at the Thriller conference, Thriller Fest. I didn't totally understand the back end of the author's process. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize it takes two to three years for you all to get a book published. Yeah. We get the manuscript maybe two months before. Yeah. So by then, it's already gone through. All the edits, all the things. Yeah. And I mean, it's I even heard it on one of the panels. They're like, oh, yeah, we sometimes hear the audiobook narrators give us edits because things we miss. And I'm like, yeah, we do. Um, (laughs) It's just, I think it's different when you read a book out loud. You're like, oh, wait, this sentence doesn't make sense because our brains naturally correct things. Mm -hmm. But um yeah, it's crazy. When I th- I was like, wait, you've known this book's been in the pipeline for two years and we're getting it in like less than six weeks? Yeah. So that's, that's interesting to me. But that's kind of just the way the industry is. Um, well, I should say it kind of depends on genre too. I know in the indie world, it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. In that, because the authors have more control. So I have had authors book me the, in the indie world, A year or two in advance. Oh, Um, wow. I guess there was a series and it was, I knew, they told me all books, all the books and all the pub dates. So we worked around that and that was about a two year commitment. Um, Wow. That is very rare. uh, Outside of, my experience has been that with the romance industry, but with Mm -hmm. the... Uh, and I know self-publishing in romance is more common. I don't think it's as common in the thriller genre. Um, I mean, I've, I'm starting to see more. Like you
1: just did, Megan. Didn't you just do the audiobook for one of Frieda McFadden's books?
2: Yes, Brain Damage. Yes. it just came out uh, this this week.
1: And I'm pretty sure she's an independent publisher. Like she's I believe she self-publishes. She is. I have
2: to double check on that. Let me look. Yeah, I, I the think right I now. think so.
1: Um, or, or she's uh, through through Amazon but I'm pretty sure uh, in looking that I'm pretty sure she's self-published. She did have I, her I, audio we,
2: published through podium audio, but I know they work with a lot of indie authors. Yeah.
0: How cool.
2: Yeah so yeah so,
0: okay. so how long on average would you say it takes you to record a book? Just like are they all different? Is there a certain amount of time you know you can set aside mm-hmm. weeks, months? years so
2: we go off the so oh, i'm sorry you asked about the process so i'll get the offer or the script you hope two months in advance but it's not uncommon for it to be a month to even two weeks oh, um, gosh, no it pressure depends kind of, it's well, it depends kind of well it's kind of on the publisher's schedule and sometimes stuff just happens like drafts are late or someone yeah. had the book and they dropped out and they need somebody to replace it you just never know so once i get the script i go big i go bird's eye view and then go small so i like to have a skeleton i create a spreadsheet um first uh, that i call my book breakdown so i just it's how i get a feel of how the author writes it would you might think it's crazy but i noticed a difference especially in genres some people write in really short chapters mm-hmm. uh, yeah some people write in long with breaks some people change povs there's also font says a lot to me um oh so how yeah, how people space their books also I think says a lot. Nonfiction seems to not have much space in between the lines, which I find interesting. But so I just kind of get an outline of the book. I do a spreadsheet knowing how many pages are in each chapter. And then based on the word count is how long you know a book will be. So for okay. any indie authors out there who want to get their books put into audio, the number you want to use is you take your word count, so let's say a hundred thousand words. Let me just do that math right now. So you do a hundred thousand words divided by nine thousand three hundred. That's an okay. average of what uh how many words you can read in an hour. So that's Ooh, gonna wow. be about a ten point seven five hour book. So ten hours and forty five minutes is how long your finished audio will be. So I do a dorky calculation in my spreadsheet so that I can figure out how long each chapter will be. And then from there, I schedule my time because I know I can do comfortably about 90 minutes to two hours a day, depending on my schedule um, to finish. I should say finished hours. So that's the amount of finished audio I'll have in the can when it's done. But because I'm a human being and I make mistakes and I get tired and I have to eat lunch and all that stuff, You kind of give yourself two studio hours to one finished hour. Okay. So I work between uh, five and six hours
0: in the booth a day. Wow. So do you have, like, a really comfy chair then?
2: I got – I've gone through a couple chairs. My first chair was (laughs) not, like, a super – it was just like a chair I'd had for a long time at my desk. You just kind of work with what you've got at first. <laughs> but now I have like a dining room chair, like a modern dining room chair with a really wide seat because I actually sit cross-legged when I narrate.
1: Yeah. Love it. Love that. I, I sit cross-legged when I work, when either when mm-hmm. I'm writing or if I'm doing my job. Like it's
2: just – it's so much more comfortable. Yeah. Some people stand. Um, yeah, I can wow, see that. I can see that, a a especially with narrating. Yeah, a lot of people who come from like the traditional voiceover world where you do commercials, you often stand. So some people carry that into your narration.
0: Six hours a day, though. That is a commitment. Yeah,
2: it's a lot. So I see. Yeah. It. So it's so
1: wow. like what you're doing, like maybe a book a week. I am not doing the math correctly. On I that, do, but is that...
2: I do between seven and a half to eight hours a week. I used to do a lot more. And then okay. I realized I like to live my life. And What? I, <laughs> That's crazy yeah, talk. I just, you, you know, you can love something so much, but if you do too much of it, it can start to become something you don't like so much.
1: Yeah. I had to so learn true. that if I
2: wanted to still love my job, I needed to not do it 12 hours a day.
1: All the time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Uh, So is there anything surprising that you you've found that you
2: like or that you didn't like about your about doing this job? You know what I like is I'm an introvert and Mm -hmm. it well, I came I I have been an actor like a working actor in New York City, but you still need a survival job until you kind of hit your stride. And so I worked a lot of people work as um, in the food industry. Mm-hmm. I knew I couldn't handle people being hungry and yelling at me. So I went into the <laughs> office industry, office industry. I don't know. I, I started working as <laughs> a corporate. A, you started a working corporate. in yes. corporate. Yes. I worked as an executive assistant. As mm-hmm. a temp, you can like go in as a basic like a substitute teacher, but for a day, it's nuts it. that they have that. But I like, I remember my first day, it was so, I was like, wait, what do I do? I have to answer the phones and know how to use Microsoft Office. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it was very
0: <laughs> you're like why did I lie on my resume yes, and I say did. I, what? What? I was like okay but then <laughs> it like
2: you. evolved into a 10-year career where wow. I learned how to do all this stuff and then all the people I worked for were amazing and flexible and let me go on auditions like one company who's awesome let me go away for three weeks to do a play in New Mexico wow, and, all, and come so back cool. and my job was still there like what
1: oh, wow. that's
2: amazing yeah that is they were, amazing they're fantastic but but you're doing this full time now. So I'm right? doing this full time, mm-hmm. and now I just lost the question that you originally asked me. <laughs> uh, oh, what like what's surprising that you like or don't oh, like? What I so um, the hard thing was coming from an office where I saw people every day. While I'm an introvert, there is something to just working alone all the time, which True. a lot of people have now experienced. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> so- yes, we have you get that like there's a certain amount of interaction that you need to just stay mentally healthy. So that was one part I had to adjust. I really like the storytelling part of being alone in this cozy. I find this space very cozy. I love just like losing myself in the story. It's just, there's nothing else like being in that flow and just, yeah. and I love acting every day. It's so just amazing. the best to get to. And I get to play every character. And I, it's just, it doesn't matter that I'm five foot one. Um, when I was on like film and TV, I always got cast as the teenage oh, girl who yeah, dated yep. the drug dealer. You I don't know why, yeah. it just was a thing. Um, and now I get cast as in these amazing books. And so that's something I love. The thing that's hard is the isolation. But the great thing is the community, the audiobook community is so giving. And everybody oh. is there, which is so different from different parts of the acting industry. It's not always yeah. supportive. And this is. So well, I love that. I think that.
1: that's interesting because I feel like the book industry as far as the creators, so like the narrators and the authors, um, and I can't say because I haven't really worked with any agents or editors yet, but the creators that I have met are all the most giving, kind, and like willing to answer questions or talk through different things with you and, you give referrals to stuff. It's pretty amazing.
0: That sounds like a dream, to be honest. Like everything yeah. seems like what a dream job. Yeah. You honestly. just get
1: to, you get to read out loud all day. I mean, really?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's so, what pretty do you do, great. so what do you do when you're not recording audiobooks? Like what do you do for fun?
2: Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I was more exciting, but I knit. And I love to just, I love to go out to eat and I love doing it with good company. So one of my favorite things is just meeting my friends to go out to dinner and just like having a delicious meal with good company and laughter. Um, Love it. Yeah. That's the best. Could not
0: agree more. Yeah.
2: I mean, I love, I love catching a new fun show, um, both on, on the TV and I'm excited to go back to the theater. I haven't seen very much theater lately because- uh, COVID but um, yeah. I saw a couple plays but I'm excited I think I'm going to go to a Broadway show uh, oh. next month from a day of birth Ooh. which will be exciting So that is
1: so amazing. And I mean, being in New York, you're like around all of this art and creation all the time, which is pretty amazing, right? Like, I've
2: got not everywhere has that. (laughs) No, I couldn't get away for like a proper vacation this summer. And so, my partner and I were like, Well, wait, we live in New York City. Why don't we just go away for a weekend? And it was perfect because it's so cool when you feel like a tourist and your tourist in your own city.
0: It really is. I need to do that around here. I always forget. And then Whenever we move, or if we ever change dates or whatever, I'm like, oh, we should have gone because yeah. it was right there.
2: Absolutely. I also find when company comes to visit you, you then remember, you do all the tourist oh, things. Right. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, oh, I want to go see
1: this thing. Oh, yeah, I mean, I've never been there, so yeah, let's go. Like for in uh, Pacific Northwest, like whale watching, it's a thing every single year. Every year, I'm like, okay, this summer I'm gonna go <laughs> whale watching. I'm gonna do it. I've never been. But I know it'll be like somebody's gonna have to come visit me and then it'll be like, great, we're gonna go whale watching.
0: They also have that here in Southern California. Whale watching and like dolphin watching is a big oh, thing, yeah. which I think is cool. And I have gone, but I don't think I'm made for the water like that. No. You know? The waves and me, we just it wasn't a vibe. Are it just you, didn't work. you made for the beach only? I'm made for solid ground um, in 70 to 75 degree temperatures with a cold drink in my hand and some shade.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds (laughs) about right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And a book. Okay. So let's get into our books today. I'm so excited that Megan, you were able to also join us with a book and talk about it and let us know. So Let what did you choose?
2: I feel like I'm cheating because I'm using a book I narrated because (laughs) I love it so much, and I just want to give a shout out uh, to this amazing author who Olivia and I both got to meet in person at Thriller Fest. Love her, Kristen Bird, uh, and the book she wrote, "The Night She Went Missing," is my book of choice. So good! Okay, it's so good. So I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna read you. I was like, I don't know how to sum this up. Why don't I just read you the synopsis? An intriguing and twisting domestic suspense about loyalty and deceit in a tight-knit Texas community where parents are known to behave badly and people are not always who they appear to be. Emily, a popular but bookish prep school senior, uh, goes missing after a night out with friends. She was last seen leaving a party with Alex, a football player with a dubious reputation. But no one is talking. Now three mothers, Catherine, Leslie, and Morgan, friends turned frenemies have their lives turned upside down as they are forced to look at their own children and each other's for answers to questions they don't want to ask each mother is sure she knows who is responsible but they all have their own secrets to keep and reputations to protect and the lies they tell themselves and each other may just have the potential to be lethal in this riveting debut
0: oh my gosh!
1: yeah it's oh my so good. Gosh. It's so good. And Kristen is uh, – she's a, a Texan. She lives in Houston, and it's set in Galveston, which is not too far from there. And just, like, the book is so good. And I will say from a personal perspective that when I joined – when I decided I was like, I'm going to be a writer all of a sudden, um, and I, like, started my Bookstagram account and everything, Kristen was the first person, one of the first people I connected with, and it was before her debut came out. I can't say enough good things. Like the kindest person, she has answered so many questions and just been super patient and
2: wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'm, what else should we? What else should we say to entice folks? We tell them the <laughs> well, synopsis, the character, the setting. Yes.
0: Tell us yeah. all about it. Tell us who's in it. Tell us the setting what you liked, what you didn't like, all of that stuff.
2: Well, I we co- we covered Galveston, yeah, Texas this is where it takes place. Um, Mm -hmm. You kind of heard in the synopsis the characters. While I will say it is the best opening. Like, I have to read samples sometimes for... You put them on your website or you audition with them sometimes. Kristen's opening... I guess it doesn't say prologue. I guess it is prologue. Yes, it's been... Forgive me, it's been a while since I read it. But it's just this perfect, like, two or three pages of... It opens with this girl being found in the water face up and peep, and they're like, is she still alive? And it's coming from the girl's perspective. She's, <gasps> she's alive, but she can't speak. She's like sort of conscious. Ugh. She's going in and out of consciousness. And you're just like, what? You're just immediately pulled in. It is so good. And it's just the perfect, like two minute. Gotcha. I remember got me in
0: like 30 seconds. Yeah. I'm it was already. just, yeah. it's
2: so good. And so I was hooked immediately with that. And then the book alternates between three, forgive me, maybe four uh, perspectives of uh, Kat, the, the mothers, Catherine, Leslie and Morgan. But then there's also the mother-in-law um, <coughs> who is Catherine's mother-in-law, who's an interesting part of this. And it's its um, Rosalind is her name. And it's it happens. It surrounds. So Emily goes to a prep school. And of course, it's just it's Southern. It's it's there's I remember there's one scene in particular where they were were all the moms from the school just judging away. (laughs) And there's another character, Morgan, um, that I mentioned Morgan, one of the moms. She's she's just like broke the mold. She's part of the group. She knows how to uh, fit in when she has to. But she's also kind of like beats to her own drum and she becomes a dear friend to Catherine and Leslie is kind of in Rosalind's pocket. And there's just all this, there's so many secrets. And the great thing I liked about the book was how it un- unraveled those mm-hmm. secrets with just enough to keep you not like just one more chapter kind of thing. <laughs> um, Love that. That's what I loved. I just liked how, and the characters were really well developed. Like Catherine has so many facets and sides to her and her backstory is complicated as well and gets dripped out as the story goes. All of them. You start to just see their little onion layers unfold and you're like, oh, you you mysterious minx. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that sounds amazing. Wow. Wow.
2: Yeah. So I really that sounds it. good.
1: Yeah, that one is and, uh, a, it's definitely it's great. And uh, I will say when I read it, I actually I listened to it before I met you, Megan. I listened to uh, the audiobook and that's how I consumed that book. And it was you did an amazing job.
2: Oh, my gosh. Thank you. My voice just went five octaves up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. All right. Sounds good. Um... Olivia, do you want
2: to talk about your book? Sure. Okay.
1: So my book today is a psychological thriller slash dark academia. Um, It is Never Saw Me Coming by Vera Kurian. It was released in September 2021. It's 400 pages and about 12 hours on audio. And I love this book. Like This is the second time I've read it this year because I wanted a refresher before we talked about it. And I loved it even more the second time. So it's about this uh, this program at John Adams University in DC, which I don't know if it's a real university or not. But this we're following different characters, but they are um, they are all psychopaths, and so they're all in this program about psychopaths where they're oh being God. studied. What? Yeah. So the first character who we spend most of the time with, her name is Chloe. Chloe Severa. She's a freshman honor student. Um, she's there on a full ride because she's doing this study, and um, there's six or six or seven students total, and they're being studied by this well-known clinician. His name is Dr. Leonard Wyman, and he's known in the public or or in the psychology industry for testifying on behalf of a serial killer known as CRD, which stands for choke, rape, dismember.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. And
1: like, has, <laughs> like like BTK, like pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So and so he's been studying psychopaths for a long time. So Chloe's just like any other freshman, except she's counting down to the date, and we get this from like very first page. She is at this university because she followed a guy that she wants to kill. His name is Will Bachman. Um, He's a fellow student there, and he has a dark past that crossed with Chloe from before. And so this is her entire focus. She is there. She's like there to kill Will. She's um, enjoying a full ride, though, by being in the psychopath program, which is pretty amazing. And then then she kind of gets pulled to the side because another mystery starts to happen where members of the psychopath program begin to die. We're riding along the jury journey with Chloe and a couple other characters, and they're juggling college, their personal ambitions, and trying to solve who's murdering the psychopath students before they're murdered themselves. So it's multiple multiple POV, um, and I love that because we spent so much time in the minds of psychopaths. Um, I believe that. Chloe is written in first person present, and then the others are in third person. So I always, I just love like being inside a character's mind, um, and particularly fun when it's a psychopath because there's like they there's they just don't care or the decisions that they make are you know different. So it was really fun, interesting, and it's I said it was deliciously devious. Oh um, yeah, so. A couple – some of the characters, I said Chloe. So she's like – somehow works. She's kind of bubbly but also a dark psychopath, which is fun. Um, Charles Portmont, who's a rich kid. He's student president. He's a frat bro. He's also a psychopath. Andre Jensen. um, He is a member of the psychopathic program and very interested in CRD and Dr. Wyman. So we spend a lot of time learning about them through his point of view. And then sometimes we get to see some of the the sessions that happen, like the actual – Therapy sessions through Dr. Wyman's eyes—that is really interesting. Um, a couple of trigger warnings: sexual assault. I feel like all my books are always going to have that. I don't know why True. I'm drawn to books like this, but I am. Um, as well as suicide. My favorite parts being in in Chloe's head. What worked was I love the multi POV. The only thing that didn't work for me um, in the, when it comes to the book, this as far as multi POV is that we didn't get – there wasn't like a, a label at the beginning of the chapters that said like characters' names. So sometimes it would take me a second to be like, oh, wait, who
0: am I oh, Who am I listening like to? Like whose Who's, perspective? Yeah,
1: whose perspective am I in? And then it would take me a second. So that's the only thing that was – for me was like if the chapters had been labeled of like Chloe or Andre or whatever yeah. – that would have been a little bit uh, easier to follow. But I listened to it on audio. I have this on Kindle, a physical copy, and on audiobook. Like, that's how much wow. I love this book. Do you know who the narrators were? Uh, I can tell you in just a moment. Um, I'm going to pull it up on uh, Libby. And um, so I rated this – originally, I rated it five, four stars. But after listening to it again, I am going with a five-star read. It's so good. I honestly
0: feel like if you ever listen or read to something two times, it's a five star. Because yeah. Why? For what reason would you go back to a bad book?
1: Yeah. Know? No, exactly. Um, and so the narrator Megan was Brittany Presley. Oh yeah, that's a winner. Okay, she's excellent. Yeah, she did amazing. She did a really and there's there's a lot of characters in this book, so she did a really good job. Um, similar books, if you're looking, if you like, They Never Learn by Lane Fargo, Mm -hmm. For Your Own Good by Samantha Downing, You by Carolyn Kepnes, Dexter by Jeff Lindsay, those are all, I think, really good, similar books, if you like the vibes of that. Um, and I had on here, but I took it off, but Mean Girls, like, there's just, like, a Mean Girls kind of vibe into this book, and it's so good, but it's not that, like, surface level, it's just... it's just I don't know it's a really great like if you like that vibe it's it's a good one
0: so wow that sounds really good I actually like just added it to my list because I would love. Like the psychopath aspect, I think is so interesting.
1: Right. And then I, uh, so I liked too that we got to see the point of view of the sessions from the psychologist. So he's like saying things like, nope, that's a lie. And like stuff <laughs> like that. Like it's, so it's really cool to like, okay, what is, what is a therapist really thinking while a psychopath's in the room? And then also, what's a psychopath like thinking about and how they're acting and moving in the world and trying to solve this mystery well, so they don't the all die? And the thing
0: about it is that a lot of, most of the time, psychopath like me doesn't mean anything like about how people perceive you. So people mm-hmm. can perceive someone, you know, like Ted Bundy. Right. He's handsome. Yeah. He's charming. He's like part of society volunteers for like, uh, you know, he does all these things. And then people are so shocked when they find out that mm-hmm. he's a murderer. And I think psychopaths are the same way. Like they're very charming and suave and yep. they really yep. like make people trust them. So I think that's a big component. And I think that's really interesting to read about.
1: Yeah. So it's definitely, it's a fave. Highly recommend Never Saw Me Coming by Vera Curian. Awesome. All
0: right. Okay. My book is Runtime by Katherine Ryan Howard. <gasps> um, I can't wait
1: to read this.
0: Yes. It came out on August 16. So when you guys are listening to this, it just came out now for us. Um, and Katherine Ryan Howard, I think a lot of people will know her from The Nothing Man um, or 56 Days Later. But I love all I mean, she has a couple backlists that are amazing, like The Liar's Girl, Rewind. Definitely look her up. She's one of my favorite authors, honestly. She has just this way that she writes that captures, at least for me, she captures me immediately. Yeah. So I was very excited about Runtime. Runtime is, oh gosh, it's very meta. So I'm going to do my best to explain. It's like a horror movie. In a horror movie, in a horror movie, in a book, in a movie, in a, (laughs) here we go. So there is a movie called Final Draft, and it's a psychological horror movie. And there's this famous um, director who's going to be directing it. And the tagline for this movie is based on a terrifying true story that hasn't happened yet. So it's the location for the film is in West Cork. It's deep in the forest. It's like very secluded, kind of a crumbly old um, grounds for Isn't, an old building. That's Ireland, right? In Ireland, okay, in yeah. West Cork, Ireland. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the actors or I guess the characters are Irish, which is great. Um, I did have to remind myself a lot. So it's a book about a movie and there's a book about the the movie. Okay. So. (laughs) Okay. So. I
1: think I'm following you. I will try. Yes.
0: I will try. I will try to explain (laughs) it. It is, it's, well, when you're reading it, it's really easy to understand. Okay. So when you're reading it, you're like, yeah, obviously, you know, but explaining it, I'm like, there's a girl who's going to be an actress in the movie, in this book, and she finds a book that's written about what she's doing and going through. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So, It's, wow. So Adele, there's this actress, Adele. She's the main character and the majority of the book is set in her experience. A lot of it is set in her mind. So it's her like thinking because she's not around people. Um, And some parts she's interacting, but she's really the only character I mean, she interacts with people, but it's mainly her, which I think is really cool. Yeah. so yeah. she what happens is Adele is working in l a, and she something happened to make her quit acting in the past. So she quit acting. She, you don't really know why. And then she gets this call from a famous movie producer, like, hey, we just lost our lead actress. We need you or would like you to come out to West Cork, um, to come to this remote island. We're shooting in two days and we want you to come and be our star. And so she has a lot of conflicts with that, but she decides, okay, I'll go. Um, it, it's very remote, but they pay for everything. You know, they get her out there. She knows the director because he's very famous. And so she's excited about that. Um, so she heads out there and gets to this, very secluded location that is very creepy. It's written so well that you feel it's just damp and dark.
1: That is amazing when they can get the setting right, like where you can actually feel like you're transported. That's the best. Okay. Yes.
0: I totally agree with you because you like, it sounds weird, but you can like taste it, you know, yeah, that damp, like, oh man, she does such a good job of describing that. So she's going to be starring in a horror movie called final draft and the reason um that she, it had to go so fast so they lost the actress and all the filming is going to be done at night um so that's a little confusing for her she has to like sleep during the day wake up at night the movie is about a couple that goes to the woods and they find a book in the cabin they're staying in and the book pretty much says like what's gonna happen oh. so the so they read the book. The couple reads the book and it's like the main girl in the book hears weird noises. And the main girl in the book starts to not trust her husband. And all these little things happen in the book that the character in the movie is reading okay. while she's in a cabin with her husband. Okay. So yeah. I'm following Meadow. You <laughs> So Meadow. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, it's super interesting. So Adele You know, she reads, she only has like a day to read the screenplay. She reads it, she gets into it, and then, of course, the things from the book, from the movie, start happening in real life. So all these creepy things start happening, and it's. It's so hard to explain but it's so good. I really thought that it was well done. It wasn't confusing despite how horribly I've explained it. It's not <laughs> confusing. I mean it's definitely
1: and, a very good sign of a good author if they can like do that deep of like this within this with this and you're not confused.
0: Not at all. Yeah. It was it was great and Adele was a really good main character. She was dynamic. And I loved how unreliable she was. And it was very similar to a lot of Catherine Ryan Howard's other books. So it was well written, lots of twists. Um, I, I loved it. So what worked for me, there was a lot of underlying messages about women in many different industries, but specifically like in the film industry and women in power. And there was a lot of deeper, meaning in this book which I really liked you know that sometimes we have to be the ones who save ourselves yeah it was it was hard so there was the trigger warnings there was gaslighting and sexual assault Mm -hmm. um and there's a lot about kind of how the film industry exploits people and especially young child actors and women and so that was really hard to read about for me so I didn't it, it was a trigger warning for sure um but
1: that was very timely with the the new Jeanette, the Jeanette McCurdy bio, a yes. memoir that's came out that was about her time as a child actor in the industry and yes. the exploitation and things that she experienced too. So I feel like – I mean, kudos to the publishers for getting both of those out. I don't know if it's the same publisher or not, but yeah, it sounds very timely for that.
0: It was. It, it was good to read. It felt very – poignant and it was a good time to read it and it felt relatable in a bad way because you're like, I don't want to relate to this but I found myself, you know, like nodding like, yep, I know exactly how that feels. Mm -hmm. So... Um, the o- the only thing I would say didn't work would be it was super long, so it was like over five hundred pages. Oh wow, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people <laughs> who read it were complaining about that. And for me, I didn't really mind and or notice, but I can see how that might be. Yeah, long. I mean, well, you're
1: like in the. In the genre in general, like you're around 300-ish pages, 3, 350, yeah. like that's the norm. So 500 is a lot. And, but the thing is, if it's a good enough story and it keeps you engaged throughout, the length doesn't you know, matter. We I mean, Look at those fantasy uh, books that are like thousands of pages long that people love. So if it's, exactly. if it's a good and enough book, think, it doesn't matter how long it is.
0: Yeah. If you're into it, you won't really notice. But I think the fact that it was extremely meta did kind of lose some readers which yeah. I get. It's not for everyone, but it definitely worked for me. I rated it five stars. I, in my review, I said, I think it'll be one of the best books in 2022. So okay. Okay. hopefully everyone agrees because it was good. Um, and amazing. then similar books to this book was after she wrote him by Sulari Gentil, um, or survive the night by Riley Sager mm-hmm. or go hunt me by Kelly DeVos. Um, that one, that was very similar also. So, yeah, those are the ones that I thought it was it was good. It was real good.
1: That is amazing. Well, I cannot wait to read that one. It sounds so good. Megan, so great talking to you and learning more about your role in this fascinating industry that we are all enjoying the fruits of your labor. Um, so good to have you here.
2: Oh, yeah. It was it was a great talk. I feel like we could we could talk all afternoon. <laughs> we
0: could. Thank you guys so much for listening, and hopefully we will see you back next week. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, yeah. and share, and tell all your friends how we're your favorite podcasts, and you love us so much. Yes. Okay. Bye. Bye.